0: Ten hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of uh, Views of the World. With me, Samona Chani Biaou and my co-host,
1: Tobias, Tobias Hideman. Hello,
0: everybody. Hello, hello. Well, uh, today, we'll jump right in with another story. Uh, today's story is from uh, Tobias. Uh, quick um, housekeeping. So what we do is every week we talk about Uh, One encounter that one of us had with another culture. We describe the context in which we had that encounter. We talk about, you know, the key things about that particular encounter. And then we get into a bit of a back and forth, reflecting on it and comparing what we learned from it, how it's different or similar to the cultures that we came from. So that's a setup every week. And today we're going to get right into it with a story from Tobias. I actually don't know what he's going to talk about. So I'm actually, I'm looking forward. I'm uh, excited to hear it. So Tobias, let's go. What do you want to talk to us about today?
1: Well, uh, this time we are going to go to Saudi Arabia. And uh, my oh, story, little nice. bit of context. Yeah, so it's, it's a really nice one. So my first job, you know, that's where we met as uh, as we've told before, we worked both for Deutsche Telekom Consulting back in the days. That's about I would say yeah, 15-18 years ago or so. And we had a client there um, in Saudi Arabia, a mobile operator. And, uh, you know, it was my first trip to that country. I've been there a few times, but that was the first time I was flying there. And, you know, that's a little bit of the context, you know, um, having a consulting project in in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia, a couple of months, usually we went, not just for a couple of weeks. It was really, I think, four to six months project. And, you know, speaking about the prejudice, which you just mentioned, um, Right. Well, the reputation of Saudi Arabia back then, even more so than today, I guess, it was a very close country, so very traditional, conservative, and also, you know, separation of the sexes. Um, you were expecting, like, colleagues of mine we were telling me that had been there, okay, you know, you have separate restaurants for men and women, uh, you know, women are right. highly covered. And, you know, um, yeah, there's even the religious police, you know, like five times a day. They have there's praying time and they close down all the cafes and the whole place closes down. Right. And, you know, a lot of that stuff. So my ex- expectations were a little bit along those lines, my prejudice, let's say. And, you know, they also mentioned to me, my colleagues, OK, there's a radius of two by two square kilometers kind of, you know, that's where you live and move about. And that's it you know there's nothing else in the country you know it's basically <laughs> that, that parameter there's all the restaurants you need there's all the whatever i guess where the experts are mostly moving around and that's all you need to know and um and lastly i think uh, they also mentioned to me that most um, westerners working in saudi arabia were uh, living in a in a compound which is a kind of an you know uh yeah well a protected area within the country where you kind of can live a more or less Western lifestyle, um, and you are actually kind of segregated from the rest of the country. There's actually police protecting you or whatever from the rest. So all those expectations were, um, yeah, were told. And I was, um, I was curious. I was curious what to expect. That was my kind of uh, setup when I flew into into Saudi Arabia. Interesting. Quick question:
0: any cool. anything you heard about alcohol?
1: Well, yes, of course, there is no alcohol. I mean, uh, that was uh, back in the days the uh, same as today, I guess, and uh, very strict on that, right? So uh, that was also, uh, yeah, for sure. I forgot to tell that was also aspect that just, for some of the colleagues was apparently a major thing, but yeah, no alcohol allowed yeah, in the country. You, you do not drink alcohol... Uh...
0: For you, have, you that's haven't dr- been drinking for a while now. So for you, yeah. maybe that's the reason why you, you you forgot it. Yeah, exactly. For me, for I, me for I remember me, many me. colleagues uh, were talking about having these uh, uh, breweries inside their houses, taking exactly. all sorts of uh,
1: <laughs> of <laughs> that's drinks. True. But anyway, I'm, let's I'm get back to the to the Like can... wine been created in your bathtub and island. right, right, Weird creating alcohol right. out of some whatever
0: substance. Exactly, but, um, exactly. Coming back to your story, so. So what as you landed in the country then, what was your your encounter? What story did you want to share with us today? And how yeah. does it contrast or align with the the prejudice you had?
1: Yeah, sure. So when I reached Saudi, it was actually nighttime. And I just very vividly remember okay, it was of course out of town. You you have to drive for like an hour, I guess, by taxi to get to Riyadh. Riyadh. I was I okay. was staying in Riyadh, I was working in Riyadh, which is also I think the most conservative city in the country, it's the capital. And um, so it's really in the center of the country. It's not like uh, at the borders or, let's say, close to the ocean, but it's really like Jedi is a more, let's say, liberal city in the West. But Riyadh is really in the center. That's where administration is and every, every, all the major decision making is taking place, I believe. So I, I remember just when I got there and drove with a taxi to the hotel where I was staying for the first two weeks, that um, it felt strangely like America the United States, because Mm -hmm. you had um, these advertisement posts up there. All the cars were American brands, so it was all U.S. (laughs) uh, cars. And then you had these, you know, I was driving along this highway, and, you know, if it wouldn't have been for the music they played and a few other things, you know, you look out of the window of the car, it felt a little bit like, uh, I don't know, the U.S. to some extent, which was surprising, which was very surprising. And, of course, it was dry. You know, it uh, it was nighttime, so it wasn't too hot. But yeah, so I got there and um, this is pretty much then in the first couple of days my experience took place because what happened was um, the team that I was working with from my uh, employer, they were already in the hotel. Some of them, some arrived later. But what we used to do at that hotel uh, to, you know, in the evenings to do some exercise, we used to play to play some squash. So in the hotel, we met up somewhere and then had a few matches of squash and. I was new, so I didn't know where to go. And I, uh, I went down and didn't figure out exactly where the squash court was. And there was a guy. And I just went over and said, hi, uh, sorry, I'm looking for the squash court. And he's a very kind guy, very, very, uh, like a local, local guy. Saudi guy, okay. Saudi guy. You know, How do you know he, that
0: he was a local guy?
1: Yeah, the way he was dressed, you know, he really had the turban on. And, uh, you know, it was kind of obvious, at, at least to me, that this was a local, <laughs> a local okay. I was talking to. And he was very nice. You spoke very well uh, English. And um, so, yeah, we just said hello and so forth. So that was it. And then uh, over the next two or three days, every now and then we saw each other and we just chatted a little bit. And, um, you know, again, Saudi at that time was very close. You couldn't even go there if you wanted to as a tourist. It was impossible. Right. You either had to work there or you went for the Hajj, you know, for the uh, pilgrimage as a Muslim. And for me, um, yeah. So I uh, I was very surprised when... Like after the third evening or so, he told me, uh, "Would you be interested to to go out at night?" I said, "What do you mean, go out at night? <laughs> what exactly do you envision?" Yeah, and he said, "Yeah, there's going to be a theater play uh, in the desert." I said, "Wow, a theater play! I mean, that was I <laughs> didn't expect this. There was no cinemas, there was no music even strictly mm-hmm. allowed. Smoking was mostly difficult or not permitted, so it was all very surprising to me. And but the guy was really nice, and I said, okay." When and where? He said, yeah, tomorrow night, you know, I can pick you up at nine evening time. I said, okay. So sh- long story short, you know, basically you just pick me up the next evening. And, you know, I, would, I didn't know what to expect. You know, what, what is a theater play in, in Riyadh like? You know, mm-hmm. I had no no idea. And, uh, yeah, so we drove out of town. It was not actually in Riyadh. It was really outside of town. Drove along, you know, um, some, some desert road. And, you know, it was really i felt i felt good because the guys it was really nice and played some arabic music everything was very chilled and then we get out there and there's a huge white tent in the middle of the desert yeah huh. and uh, cars arriving and then you know he said yeah we're here now uh please come inside so i went inside there was also hardly anybody there there was it was interesting there were couches like leather couches on the sand in the desert and chairs huh. and all that and he basically said listen uh, i have to get ready uh, maybe you need to do, you know sit down, have a seat. He placed me pretty much in front of this whole you know place in the middle, VIP yeah. guest. And then he said, he, I said, why? What are you doing?" He said, yeah, "I'm an actor." He said, "What?" So he's going to act <laughs> in the theater play. Yeah? I said, "Okay, that's interesting." Anyway, uh... I sit down there, and again, long story short, lots of people arriving, and I was like 25 years old. I was relatively young then, and then all the people sitting with me in the front like in these leather couches, we're all like, I don't know, 50 plus, 60 plus, like really a lot of elderly people. And then we got to chat and and, you know, nobody asked me really about like, why are you here? (laughs) I was pretty much the only foreigner, I guess, at least as, as far as I can tell. And I was sitting really with the president of the University of Riyadh, with the president of the hospital of riyadh i mean these were really senior people yeah i was ag- I was again so surprised like what am i doing here yeah <laughs> and, you know, the theater play started and you know it was just a theater play i mean I, I took pictures actually i enjoyed it it was really nice you know all male of course you know there were no, no women around it was the crowd was all male and you know after i don't know 45 minutes or so it was over and i was i mean i was feeling great yeah i was thinking like, what is this place you know what am i doing here <laughs> And the funny thing also after the, act, uh, after the acting, some of the actors came to me and asked me how they played. And I think they must have assumed that I was kind of a critic or something. or I had some ah. un- theatrical uh, experience, but I was just a nobody. <laughs> I was just uh, uh, drawn in from my friend. And I think the whole, like, we come now to this takeaway, like what's, what's to learn from that? And I think for me, you know, I had all these prejudices from the experiences of my, of my partners or my, my colleagues. They had been there actually for years, some of them. They had worked there for a couple of years and they were convinced there's nothing to see in that country beyond this two by two square. Uh, <laughs> and um, I think, first of all, as always, I think we spoke about it before. I mean, make your own experiences. Yeah? Be open, be kind and listen to, you know, whatever. Be open to make experiences. And I think that's not necessarily only something relevant for the private life. I think it's also very relevant for the business life. Because hmm. this, of course, is a private story. I mean, there was no major business implications apart from, let's say, I was connecting with some locals there, also formed a friendship with, with Mohammed, who's uh, the guy who, who, who asked me to join him. And I think I had a better time during my town in Saudi Arabia because I was really a little bit connecting also to the people on the ground, but also in the business. So I think that's a general hmm. takeaway, I would say. And, um, yeah, with wow. that... I think we can just, you know, reflect a little bit and uh, maybe you have some questions, but let's, let's go into it. Yeah,
0: Very interesting story. So I went to Saudi Arabia for the first time around that same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have even been maybe on, this, on the same project, but a different stream or whatever. Right. But anyway, I, I have so many uh, similar experiences, but I wanted to just check a couple of things. First, mm-hmm. this guy. You became friendly with him. Was he a guest at the hotel? Because when you were talking, it made it sound to me as if he maybe he worked at the hotel.
1: Yes, but like, uh, what was he, he doing was, at the hotel? Yeah, he. Uh, sorry, uh, he was a marketing manager. So he was working for the hotel. I think it was a an international brand. Like, I don't think it was. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But it was a Western brand hotel, and he was working there as a marketing manager. Yeah. Interesting. And so, how did you trust
0: this guy? Right away, uh, when he said, let's go somewhere, right? Because yeah. I would have imagined a close country, you're new, you may be a little
1: afraid, mm. where is it taking me, Etc. Yeah, I think, I think because he was working for the hotel and was an employee there, that already gave me a little bit of trust, whether right. justified or not. So I think it was a little bit more, re- because it was not just somebody talking to me on the street, but he was there. Right. And I met him a couple of times during the first three or four days that I saw him there. And that, I think, made me more... more. And he was... I mean, my, my judgment of people, at least as far as I could tell from the encounters I had with him, I, I felt okay, yeah. Nice. And so, now let's get into the, uh, the actual
0: reflections of, of the place. So I had similar experiences mm-hmm. in many ways of driving to the desert, sometimes mm-hmm. to even a shisha place that was out of town where everybody was having shisha. I heard that it might be closed now. Um, yes. My first, I guess reflection is that in general it seems like media maybe in search of sensation or I don't know what of what mm. there is a, a bit of a, maybe a systematic uh, negative view on difference, on something mm. that's different mm-hmm. right, so let's say in the west uh, you know uh, there is largely full integration, or maybe not even full, but significant yeah. integration of, of genders. Mm-hmm. And so, in another country or in another place where, for other cultural or religious reasons, this doesn't happen, the first immediate thing is like, "Oh, this is a backward place,"
1: yeah. or "This
0: is a, you know, and there is nothing, nothing at all that can be good to, to be to be seen in that sort of gender relation." Right. And so I wanted to, to, to ask whether later did you actually interact with, like, female or did you speak with, uh, you know, your friends about, I don't know, maybe their, their family and female mm. in the family? Mm. What was it like for you on the gender topic?
1: So two, two uh, points that come to mind. First of all, I think this focus on, on difference. Is really what uh, is mainly done by the media and again difference is usually as you said uh, it's easy to put it in a negative context to make it you know interesting or you know to, to report about uh, differences in cultures in general that's that's my observation as well you know so you can see a difference and it doesn't have to be negatively portrayed but i think the media the tendency is usually to to have a kind of a whatever reaction that, that is, I don't think creating interest maybe or whatever. So that's that's one, one aspect. And uh, um, I think with regards to, to women in, in Saudi Arabia, I really ha- ha- hardly had any, any interaction. I remember there was a lady working for that uh, operator I worked for, um, where I was consulting, and then, you know, you were uh, with her in a room. Inter- I mean, had a kind of an interview, but there, first of all, she wasn't completely covered. And then uh, there was also somebody else in the room and the doors was open. So it was a weird, very weird uh, interaction. So um, later, in later visits to Saudi Arabia, I had different experiences. I was actually working with a lady who was really high in, in the government. And I mean, also, you know, it was different. But I think especially at those times, because I have been to Saudi a couple of years ago, like three years, four years ago, it was already quite different from that earlier visit but i had few interactions uh, or none actually with uh, with women i mean you go to the mall then of course there's groups of women walking around but this i mean it's kind of impossible or difficult to to interact and then with my friend i think this thing which we, we spent quite some time together after this initial uh, trip and spoke about life and i think um, it was very interesting for me two aspects first to understand of course how this society works to some extent but i, th- I think i he was quite open about it so there were quite some learnings for me uh and then also interestingly this was a closed country also media wise so hmm. the world view um there was a kind of a how to say naivete maybe i don't know how to explain that but you know i've, I've been to different places in the region especially this friend of mine he was just it feel, it felt to me whatever he read the local media was reality, mm. like a hundred percent. So mm. there was no uh, critical mindset, let's say, you know, in, in, in certain, uh, in my experience, uh, certain cultures or certain, you know, s- schools of thought, they teach you to critical think. you know, to always mm. double check. You know, does it make sense? Is it? And, and there were some cases where we were so far apart from, you know, he, he told me things that I said, th- you can't believe that, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's That's not possible not- to believe that. And then you couldn't go into those topics because uh, right. otherwise the, the relationship would would have been damaged or suffered. I guess. but it was surprising to me that because I hadn't encountered such um, you know hundred percent clarity about a, a topic where I think with some reflection you might um, yeah see wow. it differently or at least question it. you know. That point is very interesting to me because I
0: have experienced in many different cultures something similar
1: mm-hmm.
0: or in many mm-hmm. different places. So for instance, you know, uh, as someone who's from Africa, sometimes when I'm in, let's say, France or Germany,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, my even some of my friends, just because they've never been to Africa, they just hear some stories. Mm-hmm. Some people might, you know, ask me some things like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't want to go to Africa because uh, I'll catch malaria and die, huh? yeah. or yeah, the, the leopards running around in the street or whatever. So I'm thinking yeah. that this phenomenon is a, is it more a a fact of like whether people have traveled or not versus whether they have critical thinking or not, because this those same people I'm sure if there are news about their local places where Mm. they understand better Mm. and someone tries to, to, to to tell them some BS, they Mm. might be like, no, come on, this doesn't make sense. So let's say someone says I have a camel and Mm. he, in the camel race, he ran faster than a, I don't know, a plane. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're likely to say, look, I see camels every day. There's no way. plane.
1: I think it's both really. I think uh, uh, traveling for sure. If you're openly traveling, I've also met people that have traveled a lot and <laughs> could have also stayed home, I guess. <laughs> but I think traveling in general opens your mind a little bit or gives you new perspectives, And I think that's that's part of the reason. I think he didn't really leave the country uh, up until that point very much. And um, also, again, the kind of media you consumed. I think back in those days, it was even more difficult, I guess, to get, let's say, uh, diverse uh, uh, right. access to media. But then again, also, I think the, the the school of thought of critical thinking was not very much um, uh, fostered in that in that in, in that environment. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there were some encounters. I mean, we I actually have another episode for next time. I'll go <laughs> maybe with you and then give some some extreme examples where you find it difficult sometimes to you know keep the relationship intact when somebody honestly, with good intentions, maybe has convictions, which are difficult for you right. to, to get along with. But yeah, it's both. It's certainly a number of aspects. Yeah. And so now coming to the
0: second point around this conviction thing. So we've dealt with the fact that uh, sometimes it could be a lack of, let's say, re- naivete, as you can say. Uh, mm-hmm. Just You've been fed something about a different place. Mm-hmm. On and over and over again, whether it's like uh, you're in Saudi and you're told that, uh, I don't know, uh, let's say uh, there is uh, something like whatever about China or you're in Europe and there's, you're told that there's, you know, just disease and death in Africa. Or you're in Africa and you're told that uh, everybody in Europe is uh, rich or th- th- yeah. like these things. Some of them are, ex- are definitely expo- a matter of exposure. But now mm-hmm. let's talk maybe about beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to like cultures and, you know, tradition and religion, etc., Right. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there is also that barrier where if you are from different, let's say, cultural or, or belief backgrounds, yeah. that there are some topics that are just not topics. Like, yeah. for instance, if you talk about, let's say, sex before marriage mm-hmm. in, in a culture or from a religious perspective mm-hmm. in, uh, let's say, uh Saudi or in the UAE, mm-hmm. this is like unimaginable it, it, it should not be especially yeah. for for a woman and yeah. if, if you come to the west it's like oh, yeah of course uh, you should do what you can do whatever you want yeah. my question is how do you how does one navigate such conversations is it is the attitude of like look this person and i are so different so uh we cannot we cannot interact because we fundamentally have different values wow. is that is that a good, is that the right thing to do? Or is it more mm-hmm. of a, we, we're going to agree to disagree on some yeah. of these things and let's focus on what, what, what I we think there's
1: a number of things here. I think first of all, it depends on the stage where you are in that relationship. Like if you have known this person for a long time, or you have built a relatively strong relationship, in my opinion, it's, it's okay to go into those topics, you know? And, uh, uh, but if you just met somebody, I think in the first couple of days, I think it might be difficult to navigate. But if you go, I also did that, of course, in some cases, I I usually use a kind of indirect speech, you know, you just kind of describe it, not necessarily saying, this is my 100% conviction, but you could say, ah, you know, in the West, some people see it like that. And then you can like approximate, you know, and then you see how the other reacts. And then, you know, I would just go step by step and see how the other person Uh, deals with that, you know, if there's a a direct conflict or a direct, uh, whatever, extreme reaction, I would just, you know, scale back a bit and, and just, you know, see, keeping the relationship intact, to some extent, I'm 100% with you Uh, on some topics, you need to have a clear opinion, and you should be clear about what your opinion is but I think it really depends on the relationship. Is it a business partner? Is it a friend? Is it somebody you know through some other person? And there's a number of factors I would uh, look into before, you know, going for certain topics. Yes. Yeah. Now, 100% agree. Now, what,
0: one thing I was curious about is usually when you see another culture, of course, there are differences. Some of them you perceive as negative. Some, But often I've found, like, some very fascinating, positive things Mm. that I'm like, oh, I wish I had it back in my, let's say, main culture. And I was wondering, did you have such a moment in Saudi?
1: You know, I had a few of those, but one that sticks out, it might sound a bit strange, but it's really, there's there's of course uh, this kind of community of men, you know, like guys going at night, uh, uh, having food together. You're just, you know, just men, you know, just having... Uh, 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 they have these huge plates of rice where you eat together, and you just spend time together by hands. And yeah, by hands, you eat by hand, yeah. exactly. And it's it's this camaraderie, I think, that maybe we've lost a little bit in some parts of the world, which I I enjoyed. I just you know uh, that was great. That was something you know. If you meet in the west or here, friends, it's usually okay. You can go out with your with your, with your guys, with your friends, with your dudes, of course. But I think this. This somehow I liked it when I was in Saudi because I kind of uh, spent evenings with just these, uh, uh, these friends group, like 20 people, like big groups of friends. It was for me, it was for me enjoyable. And uh, so that was one thing. And I, I actually with you, usually you uh, spot things that you that you take away, you take home and you think that's something that's maybe a little bit missing in my own environment. Environment. Yeah? Wow. On this, on this point about
0: uh, groups of men hanging out. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm guessing that uh, uh, women are not hanging out because the the gender segregation. I've seen uh, and actually asked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of my friends in, in Saudi, um, they, it's common, in fact, it seems to either jointly buy or rent a place, and usually it's outside of a city,
1: mm-hmm. or one
0: of you guys has it, and mm-hmm. then, you know, you rotate, and you're like, oh, this evening we're going to... The place of so and so, and everybody comes there. And there is tea, there is food. It's a bit of a festive environment, and typically mm-hmm. it's like a whole evening, you yes. know, it's late kind of experience. You just talk. I found you know, that it's very nice. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's relaxed. Of course, there's no alcohol, at least uh, the ones that I encountered. I'm sure there's others, <laughs> <laughs> even Saudi. Uh, uh, but I think, uh, yeah, it was just very uh, nice talking to people for hours. You know, uh, that's something I definitely, I definitely remember and I enjoy. Um, just an idea that came to my mind when I yes. talked about this experience also, you know, it's funny in a way that, you know, my briefing that I received before, before going to Saudi came from mostly Germans that went mm. to Saudi and had been there for months or years. And okay. see how unreflected they might have been, you know, they briefed <laughs> me and they are the ones closed, you know, that I'm saying. It's, it's, uh, so I, I was, um, it's interesting. Closed within that, this two square mile. Exactly. I mean, imagine they, they just roamed that place, those two square miles for two years or four years or whatever. And they, I think, maybe seeing the local people a little bit, you know, as you said, the, the local culture less developed, blah, blah, blah. But how, how ignorant can you be to go to a country and to stay in those two square miles and have, or maybe in your compound? Like lots of these guys, they just work during the day in the office and come back to the compound and that's it. And they do that for months or years. And that's also, you know, I, I think it's also a good reflection to see if you go abroad and visit another country, is that the way to, you know, to go about things? I don't know. Yeah.
0: So. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it brings an idea to my mind, you know, in in, uh, in France, mm-hmm. and I think to a certain extent in Germany, there's this concept of, in, in Germany, I think it's called integration. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. in France, uh, this notion of, uh, I guess, assimilation or, you know, becoming French, etc. cetera mm-hmm. and, there is um there is some criticism where for instance let's say a turkish person comes to germany and they don't learn the language Mm -hmm. they don't learn uh you know the the culture or whatever yeah
1: yeah. "Yeah, these people
0: have Mm -hmm. been here for so long but Mm -hmm. what are they doing and for them i'm just putting myself in in the shoes of someone who let's say has a a, a religious faith or cultural Mm -hmm. traditions where it's not the language germany so for them maybe on a day-to-day basis they're experiencing this German culture or this, that's a French culture as, ah, come on, this is so strange. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, no, but it's because you are here.
1: Yeah. You
0: need to assimilate
1: yeah.
0: or you need to learn it at, at least. And mm-hmm. part of me thinks at least a bit of that mindset and not necessarily that now a French or a German person needs to go and become a Muslim and start praying mm-hmm. or, but just some element of like learning it. Yeah uh maybe there's something to to learn from from that uh sort of yeah. uh, comparison. i
1: think in general openness yeah no no mm. you can still uh have your own judgments about things you can still of think you know oh, that doesn't work for me that i feel uncomfortable or whatever that's that's totally normal you don't need to love whatever experiences you make abroad if it doesn't make you feel comfortable that's fine but i think at least you know again assuming good intent and you know seeing yes. Being, hosp- being polite and all those things. I think that usually uh, helps a lot. And then then those encounters that we also share here on this podcast uh, can happen, you know, and I, I would not want to miss any of those. And I think it's really due to, uh, you know, being open, being polite, and then let things happen. And then some of the best experiences of my life have have come about by this openness. And it doesn't cost a dime, you know, it's just experience and it's um it's something which i yeah i think you're right i think even you know you have some people in germany or in other places they lived here for 25 30 years they don't speak a word of german i also <laughs> <Yes>. find, <that, laughs> find that a bit difficult you know then you know should maybe yeah. yeah try at least something or, or create yeah. a microcosm
0: of their but own they, lives
1: yeah you never know what exactly the, the situation was the person came here um but i think you're i'm with you uh, a little bit of openness usually goes a long way yeah I agree. And you
0: know, it's a vicious circle. Uh, When I went to Germany, of course, I I spoke no word of German. Mm. uh, But I wanted and sought to have a German language teacher. uh, And a few months in, it became the ticket for me to kind of just, you know, be able to function well. Because otherwise, my favorite place was my apartment, right? Because then I don't have to go somewhere where maybe I don't understand them. They don't speak, with, they, they don't understand me. Mm-hmm. But the moment I started being able to speak a few words, then you can go to a bar and you yeah. can see people joke. And like, you know, it started becoming a more enjoyable life experience. But yeah. I wanted to, to uh, uh, finish with a, a reflection, get your thoughts on this, uh, uh, The the opposite. So instead of thinking for ourselves now, Putting ourselves in the shoes of like, or in the minds of a Saudi person, mm-hmm. specifically the people who felt you were a critic mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at the yes. show. And the reason I bring that point up is there is often um, around the world, also in Africa, etc. There is often, let's say, uh, a perception of, uh, let's say, attributing some expertise immediately mm-hmm. to someone who comes from the West. Yes. Uh, you know, because obviously the the West is more developed than these places, etc. And mm-hmm. I wanted to ask: Was your experience in Saudi on the trip? Was do you, did you feel that you were um, more often than not assumed to be like the expert? What was the, what were these encounters like? How did it make you feel? Yeah,
1: I think. Um... In the office, I didn't encounter those. I think in the office, you have a lot of foreign uh, consultants and foreign uh, people working there. So in the office, I think it didn't really make much of a difference. Nobody assumed you were any more, uh, you know, better educated or better, uh, uh, yeah, capable of judging certain issues. That, that was not the case. I think on everyday life, um, yes, I think you're right. That was uh, It gets att- attributed if you're a Westerner or Western-looking, let's say. But I think in Saudi, not so much. I had this more in other parts of the world, especially Mm. in Africa. Uh, It's also one experience. But I think not so much in Saudi. Uh, Saudi is very used to, I believe, having foreigners working there. And also they serve a very clear purpose. You know, they come and they, you know... (laughs) do the expat work and, you know, that's, that's what and they're then. there for. And you're paid for that. So it's a kind of uh, different setup, I guess, in many, because normally you don't as easily get in touch with, uh, with uh, locals. Like I was, for example, also in touch with a, with a taxi driver, Pakistani guy. Uh, I just spoke to him, like when he drove me from the airport to the city and we got along pretty well as well. And then I think we even met up in a restaurant and spent time together, but I never had this feeling of that being, you know, it was interesting for the guy, I'm sure, but not because you know there was any attribution um, in that sense that you just mentioned. Not so much in Saudi. Yeah. Nice.
0: Well, this was an interesting story, and I could already hear that that you were you you have uh, a number of stories for for us. There's another story about uh, Saudi Arabia, and yes. then there is at least a story from from Africa related to maybe this uh, assumption of an uh, expert. I for have, sure. yes. yeah, I have I have a couple of stories related to that as well. One. Um, mm-hmm. One in Saudi Arabia, by the way. By the way, uh-huh. around the expertise thing, uh, yeah. you know, specifically, like depending on, let's say, your background or how you came into a certain project from, like, mm-hmm. I think you can be either doubted or mm-hmm. even more trusted than everybody else, depending mm-hmm. on uh, on on a few parameters. I'm happy to go into it in some of the stories. So, looking, anyway, looking I want to tell our listeners that. Uh, we have a lot of exciting episodes coming up.
1: For sure. And it was very enjoyable again. Thanks for asking those uh, interesting questions. And yeah, looking forward to our next episode and looking forward to what you're going to share. With- Indeed.
0: Bye, everybody.